The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. I get some new pictures for an introduction. <laughs> I'm about 60 pounds lighter, and you're you you you've you've de- you've definitely uh, I look old. You've gotten you've gotten better looking. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Oh yeah, yeah. The Macho Man six. agrees. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, folks, welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass. Talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of the hosts of the show, and to my right is a man who was in it to win it on Saturday at the Saratoga Beer Summit. We got Dustin Henry. Dustin, <laughs> what's going on tonight? I was in it to win it, but I didn't try as many beers as you, sir. You, you, you. Uh, I ran into some old friends there. Well, they're, they're both, you know, they're friends of both of ours. But uh, I ended up talking to them. For a little bit longer, and uh, I didn't realize how long I was talking. You got in a few more beers than I did at the I time. Did. Uh, I did. But, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, I enjoyed myself at the beer summit, but there weren't, there weren't that many beers that really knocked my socks off. I don't know what I was expecting, but I didn't get like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like, it wasn't one of those beers where I was like, oh, I gotta go out and get this one. You know, a lot of them I had had before, or I had some from the brewery before and knew I already enjoyed them. So there weren't as many new discoveries such as life when we're met, when you're a, a person that drinks a lot of beer, like both you and I uh, True. are. <laughs> True. Yeah, it was a, it was a good time. I, I appreciate you inviting me out. I know it's, it was, it was free 99 as uh, some of our friends like to say. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Would I go again? Maybe. Yeah, possibly uh, if they had a bunch of different vendors, maybe I don't know. Now, if we did a live stream from there, that would be fantastic. Oh yeah, that'd be pretty. Fun. That'd be pretty sweet. We can get yeah, a little no sure. credential, no creds uh, meetup out out there. You know, people fly right. in for all the local cred heads. All yeah, the local yeah, cred heads all the local five, cred the, the mighty five one eight. Yeah, really I don't know how many. I don't know how many local cred heads we got here. Hey, I mean, we're growing. I, I, I'm hoping we're growing. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, you know, like I got. Uh, I got some people who are, I got some new peeps who have said that they subscribed. So we'll awesome. see what's we'll, we'll we'll see how it's going on, and we're still at the three hundred forty-eight subscriber mark on oh, YouTube. But that's okay. That's okay. We're two away from Tree Fitty. But <laughs> in the meantime, let me tell you before we get into tonight's episode, we're going to talk. We're going to let you know about our social media channels right down here below: Twitter, Instagram, and this now again scarcely used TikTok. It's at no creds req Facebook.com forward slash no creds req youtube.com forward slash at no creds req and if you wouldn't mind please do us a favor and like comment share and subscribe to all of our social media networks we're also going to be we're also uh we want, also want to thank those of you who have joined us on the belly up youtube channel uh, it is on and, and also our rumble channel as both of those will be replayed at 8 a.m the following morning on the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcast platform you are on, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Good Pods, TuneIn, Pandora, 
wherever you podcast, rate and review. A five-star review would be plenty good. Also, if you're on a platform where you can review the podcast, please leave one. We might even read it on the air. And because it's a live show every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern and some Saturdays, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, we want you to engage with the show. Got a couple comments out there already, but I know Dustin, we all feel better even even after drinking a lot of beer mm-hmm. at Saratoga Beer Beer uh, the Beer Summit. You gotta hear the sound to make yourself feel better. It'll level me out. Here we go. That's right, folks. Engage with the show. We want your comments. We've already got a couple of comments already from Dr. Lady Esquire, who says sports ball, and our old friend Daniel Smooth from the Time to Be Us. Ah. Daniel Smooth podcast says, Hear me out. Chicken roll, bacon, egg, and cheese. I would I would try that. Cinnamon roll, bacon, egg, and cheese. I'm all over that. You, 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 Hold the cheese and we'll talk, Daniel. Hold the cheese and we'll talk. I'm I, I'm with you, Daniel. Maybe it's because we're both Seahawks fans, but I I like what you're putting down there. A little savory, little sweet. I like the combo. I like I it. Now, now, do you put the icing on both sides, or do you have the icing just on the top one? Could be a messy sandwich. Mm-hmm. These are the questions. See, now you got me engaged. Now, see how these comments work. Do you want to listen to debates about a pork roll that I have never heard about and I didn't realize was a thing? Outside of New Jersey, is it Taylor Ham? Is it pork? Is it pork roll? We're gonna find out. <laughs> oh, he also says his girlfriend's a baker. She liked that idea. Hey, hey, it's a, it, it, look. If you talk to a baker who says, "Yeah, it's a great idea," go with it, man. Go with it. And by the way, coming soon, a no kitchen required food review. We're gonna do a review of regional foods from around the Northeast. So Taylor Ham, yes, I said Taylor Ham, Jersey G, live with it. <laughs> uh, I, I think I, we got we got to come up with a list of regional foods that we got to try. So yeah, for, we'll figure uh, it out for our YouTube channel. We'll do, we'll figure it out. But now we're gonna get into the uh, meat and potatoes, mm, meat and potatoes of tonight's episode. We're gonna talk about the first topic: storming the court. And there have been a couple instances this year in college basketball. Again, neither Dustin or I really follow college basketball yeah. that much. But this has become the topic du jour uh, in the world of college basketball. We had an incident last weekend where a Duke basketball player went on social media, actually almost got into a fight with a Wake Forest fan after Wake Forest beat Duke. And the fans stormed the court. And the fans stormed the court. A player got run into, I forgot who it was, Philip Philipkowski, I think his name is. Uh, he got run into by a Wake Forest fan. We had a similar incident last month when Caitlin Clark, Caitlin mm-hmm. Clark got run into and well, looked like she knocked over a, an Ohio state basketball fan, but uh, it looked like the host Ohio state fan flopped like LeBron James. Uh, <laughs> but, but if there's the question, yeah, I, well, I've, I've heard different talk shows talk about it. Heard my guys, Levacan guys talk about it yesterday on their program. Uh, great show. Go check it out. 3 to 5 Eastern on Fox Sports 980. Great show. I would have to wonder, Dustin, and I want to get your opinion on this. And again, we're both of us, neither of us really follow college basketball. I, I wish yeah. I've gotten, I, I wish I'd gotten Subi from Theater and College Sports. He's our, he's our college, college, uh, Theater and College Sports, uh, College Hoops, excuse me. Uh, he's our local, 
He's our he's our expert on all things college basketball and buddy up sports. Check out his podcast again. It's called Theater and College Hoops. Really would have liked to get his opinion, but that's the, let's I'll get your opinion. We've had these incidents that happen over the, over this year. Should store short on the court be banned, or do we need to re, do we need to review or reform how court storm storming the court is done uh, when it comes to the fans in college basketball? I mean, I'm of two minds about it, right? Because, uh, and I, I almost want to lean more towards keeping it in place, but reforming some things, using some common sense, uh, allow the players to get off the court. You know, that would do. That would be my first thing because you don't want, you don't want any, uh, you don't want anything to happen because this is this is all it's going to take in today's society. It's going to be that that someone is going to get seriously injured from this and then it will be thoroughly examined because I don't want to take away the jubilation. It's part of college sports. It's always, it's always been a thing and it's something that, that does happen. But at the same time, I mean, think back, we all remember that image of the, of the, uh, the, the gentleman running beside Hank Aaron when he hit his, uh, when he hit his record breaking home run, right? Everybody yep. remembers that, and they're going, "Oh, what a what a great, great thing!" Um, they're very lucky that that happened in the '70s, if my memory is correct, and didn't and didn't break bad, you know, because then we had we had some disturbing incidences where um, I think a father and son went on the field a few years ago, I think at a Royals game and attacked somebody. It was, you know. Mm-hmm. We've had some incidences in other sports. We all, everybody remembers, at least I do, and I know you do, Ryan. Uh, Monica Sellis, that was a terrifying. Ooh, that was a scary moment. Yeah. Where, where a fan got on the court and, and, you know, and, uh, or, or a person, I don't know if they were a fan. It was, it was his, no, it was, she, the guy was legit stalking her. Oh, okay. It was a stalker. Yeah. Went to one of her, went to one of her matches. And somehow managed to elude security. I mean, this is yep. the '90s when security was a lot looser. Yeah, but he jumps down. He stabs her right between the shoulders. Yeah, I remember and, the the yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's dangerous so, situation. So that's the thing that I'm that I'm thinking of. I'm not I'm not thinking that anybody wants to do anything nefarious at a college basketball game. But my point is. We're never thinking that somebody wants to do something nefarious because the majority of us never would. But I do think that the celebrations can get out of hand sometimes. So Mm -hmm. I'm of the mind of keeping it, but regulating it. Have a certain time period where you allow the players and coaches to get off the court, get to the sidelines, get to the locker room, wherever they want to go. Then let the fans go crazy. Let them celebrate. Because uh, the fans, they realize what they're signing up for. When they storm the court, if something happens to them, I think they, I think they understand there, there's a modicum of risk in doing so. But I also go to the the celebrations where the goalposts uh, get ripped down in uh, football. That that could that could go really badly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so so I think there is room for some reform. But what about what about you, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about how in pro sports, uh, I remember seeing footage of Chris Champ after the 1976 ALCS when Chris Chambliss hit that infamous home run that sent the Yankees to the World Series for the first time in, I think, 14 years, 13 years. Uh, Chris Chambliss hit that memorable home run, and the fans the fans stormed the field. 
they were they and it, same thing happened in uh, with the New York Mets in 1996 after they won the I think they won it wasn't the World Series it was the it was when they clinched the division the fans stormed the field taking out chunks of field because that's the first time since 1969 that they had uh, that they had won a division title yeah uh, we also had and as li- uh, I will say lady Dr. Lady Esquire with the comment, what about the kissing bandit? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I remember we've, that. Yeah. We've also seen our share of streakers oh, on yeah. the field, too. Remember Super Bowl where that guy was wearing the Borat suit, streaking the field? <laughs> yeah. And Kevin Harlan with that magical, magical <laughs> play-by-play call on Westwood One. <laughs> yes. I need to bring it up. That was just a – that was a – He is a – you know, I I always – now, Kevin Harlan, I have no problem with him calling football games. I love to hear him call football games, but I will always think of him uh, as a basketball announcer because that's where I first heard the dulcet tones of one Kevin Harlan. And also – for my past, for some of you that go way back with me, you know I used to do a video game podcast for a few years, and uh, that's where I remember he was in a couple of um, NBA video games. A um, couple of them, it was it was built. One was, if memory serves, it was him and Bill Walton, and there was a couple iconic lines from that series of video games. <laughs> yeah, I found I found the call the streaker uh, from Kevin oh, Harlan. We gotta hear it. Yeah. And down 20, 503 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. <laughs> and now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. <laughs> 30, he breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20 down the middle. And the five, he slides at the one. And they converge on him at the goal line. Oh, man. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. (laughs) And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? But at that time, it's thirty. It, it is. It's thirty-one to nine. The game's pretty much over. Yeah, complete. The, 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 the Buccaneers were dominating the Chiefs at that point. It's a blowout, and yeah, great opportunity, opportune time to go and and do such a thing. <laughs> but let's go back. Let's go back to the original topic: the store in the mm-hmm. court. Yeah, I think there should be there should be measures taken by security at those arenas. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, you don't want your, you don't want someone's best player to get hurt because somebody got stomped on uh, during a, a post-game celebration because of your university's enthusiasm. You also don't want your best player to get hurt because of a court storm celebration. Yeah. So you, what I think what you need to do, Dustin, and I think you, you alluded it to pretty well, take the me- measurement, t- take those measurements Take the time to cordon off the cordon off the students with with rope. Make sure that the both teams get a chance to exit the exit the uh, to their respective locker rooms, and have to get off the court as soon as possible. And after that, let them let them let them let them go. Let them storm the court then, because you don't well you don't also don't want a situation where it could be the turn where it could affect the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. So instance, so for instance, you don't want 
students to storm the court too soon, especially in a tight game, like a one-point game. You got a few seconds left. And what if a student, just a couple students just happen to run the court? That's a technical foul. That's two free throws. Yeah. And that could affect the outcome of the game right then and there. So you're avoiding injury. You're avoiding situations that could turn up the outcome of the game. I think it, I think it would just be best to it'd just be a great idea. It would just be best to just reform court storming. Let the students let students celebrate. It's their school. It's their it's I mean eventually one day they're going to tell their kids their grandkids a story about how they had the the, the great upset they saw the great mm-hmm. upset of their team live in person and they're going crazy. The kids go crazy. It's a great story to tell. But in reverse, it could be one of the worst things that happens to your to your program. Like, I think that if, you, if, you, if, if the NCAA had some stones because they don't have much anymore in terms of their <laughs> in, ter- in terms of in terms of disciplining universities, unless it's NIL related, then it's you know whatever. Um, I think they all put these measure these these measures out because. You, you want to avoid injury. You want to avoid the risk of having someone school, sue your school. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that it matters. And the endowments of a lot of these universities are in the billions. But you want to avoid, you want to avoid liability. You want to avoid, you want to avoid your, your place in the standings in case something, in case it, it affects the game. That's just, that's how I feel about it. And if let us know in the comments, uh, whether you're watching live or on replay, or if you're, if you're following us on social media, what do you think about storming the court? Should it be banned by the NCAA? Should it be reformed? What what can you do? What can we do to to make sure that nobody gets hurt and the outcome of the game is not uh, is not affected? Let us know. Yeah, engage with us, please. And yeah, also, engage. if you if you're not watching live and you listen to the replay and you say, "Hey, I'd like to sound off about that," come on over to our Discord and jump in there. The water's nice yeah. and warm. Absolutely. I left the link in the description on our Facebook and our YouTube and our, and our YouTube and uh, our YouTube description. Uh, also, will be in the podcast description as well. So join us. No trolls. I want to express that. No yeah, trolls. We will drop the band hammer. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. I won't be I'm looking at the random guy that told me I look like Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> A 12-year-old kid. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. So our next topic of discussion for this Tuesday night, because again, football season is on the off it's the off season. So we're gonna need we need things to talk about. And tonight, especially, we're gonna talk about a new commissioner to Major League Baseball. It's coming in 2030. <laughs> Rob Manfred <laughs> Rob Manfred made it clear that 29 at when his contract ends in 2019 at the end of the 2019 season he will not he will not re- renew it unless uh somebody else says yeah let's uh, let's re-up you i happen to think this is a good move for rob banford because he's one of the least popular commissioners of memory mm-hmm. uh you could go back to peter ubroth you could go back to uh faye vincent uh, you could go back to mr uh giamatti uh vincent giamatti uh, who unfortunately passed away during his uh during his uh tenure as an as 
Major League Baseball commissioner was right before Faye Vincent took over and banned Pete Rose from baseball forever because of his uh, his uh, misgit mis uh, his, his transgressions. Misdoings. Yeah, his yes, there his there we go transgressions. So here now, I kind of announced it, I kind of alluded to it on the Quarter Booth podcast on Thursday for their pregame. I kind of alluded to it yesterday on Snowman in the Morning. Uh, it's on the YouTube. It's on the YouTube channel. I uh, was on his program yesterday morning. But I kind of want to go into my candidacy, why I'm declaring my candidacy for Commissioner Major League Baseball. And yet, I know, I just want a disclaimer, I have no law experience. I have zero law experience whatsoever. I have zero experience as an owner. I have zero experience as a player. But I believe the fans, they deserve to be heard. And I'm a fan. And a lot of times we get sick of the crap that the players do. We get sick of the crap the owners do. And we especially dislike Rob Manfred and his tenure as Major League Baseball Commissioner. He's the man who almost single-handedly ended. The we would not have had a 2020 season if the MLB, MLBPA, to their credit, step in and help out and say, yeah, we'll take we'll take uh, reduced salaries. We'll take all these. We'll take all these. Uh, we'll take all these measures to 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 mitigate COVID and whatnot because mm -hmm. we didn't know what's going on with that uh, back in the day, back in 2020. Guys are playing the empty stadiums and until the until the playoffs. Uh, State of Texas, God bless them. God bless them. Said, yeah, we'll let fans in the stands. We're not afraid. But Rob Manfred. Thank you for your service, but in 2029, it's time to say goodbye, and it's time to bring in one Ryan McCarthy, a.k.a. Reistradamus, a.k.a. Saki Master, a.k.a. Encyclopedia Ritanica. There you go. As your new commissioner of Major League <laughs> Baseball. So let's go over some of the parameters or some of the platforms that I will have running for Major League Baseball commissioner. Number one. No more blackout restriction. No more blackout restrictions. I know this is big for you. <laughs> this is huge for me because I went on a little rant a couple weeks ago about it, and I'm going to bring it back because this is an evergreen topic on the show. And uh, it's and, our and show. That, it's our <laughs> yeah, show. And that we, I personally hate blackout restrictions. I'm pretty sure you do too, Dustin, because yeah. whenever I want to watch a game, if I have an MLB subscription, MLB.tv subscription or an MLB subscription on my, on my phone, I can broadcast, I can listen to the radio call of the Yankee game. I cannot watch it on my computer unless I install a VPN and, and the signal will broadcast it some, from somewhere else. Then I can watch it. But because Yes Network owns the rights to the to the, to the area, uh, same with SNY with, with New York the Mets fans. There. And from what I remember, Jared uh, from Corner Booth was saying that they, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're they're actually they're doing a good thing. They're allowing they're allowing fans to watch in Air, in the state of Arizona. You watch any game of all. Actually, I think it was all eighty, all one hundred sixty-two games for a hundred bucks. If oh. you lived outside of Arizona, you had to pay, you had to pay one hundred and thirty. But that's actually really good. It's cheaper than having to pay for Yes Network, where you have to pay two hundred dollars for the year 
and there's no guarantee the Yankee game will be on then. Plus, you got plus you got to suffer through the Brooklyn Nets and New York Liberty and all that, all those yeah. other teams that they broadcast. I just want to watch the Yankee game. I don't care about the basketball. I just want to watch. I just want to watch the Yankees. Yeah. So the, the blackouts is also it's also a form of blackmail because like we we alluded to last week or a couple weeks ago, it's a three and a half hour trip down to Yankee Stadium to watch a game. It's a three and a half hour trip. Oh, I'd say three and a half to four hour trip back, depending on traffic. Yeah. It's also a almost up to two hundred and fifty dollar day because. You gotta pay for the ticket, gotta pay for gas, gotta pay for tolls, gotta pay for concessions. If you want a beer, it costs you twelve bucks. Mm-hmm. If you want a hot dog, if you want anything to eat, it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you more. If you want a souvenir, it's gonna cost you. And this also, this also doesn't grow the game. You want more fans. You, you baseball is no longer. I'm gonna put it boldly. Baseball is no longer the national pastime. Yeah, it's I would agree. It would stop being the national pastime a very, very long time ago. So they they got to engage with their fans. They the, For too long, they've shut out the fans from enjoying baseball. One of those ways is blackout restrictions. Not everyone has not everyone has cable. Some people have different uh, have alternatives like YouTube TV, Fubo TV, Hulu, like any of those. It, it, it just it. it Unless you have a cable subscription or you have a another another a subscription of another kind, fans aren't going to be focused on the product. Mm-hmm. You want eyes to you want to draw eyes. You want to attract new fans. You want to bring in new fans. Ending blackouts will do that. Ending broadcast blackouts will do that and make the make 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 the territory wide open for baseball. You should be able to watch any game. And this is what the NFL has smartly done. Even if even if in your area, like for instance, on the NFL Plus app, I mean it's it's fourteen bucks a month. It's well worth it. Guess what I can do? If the game is not being broadcast in my area, I can just pull up my phone or bring up my laptop, and I can watch the game on there, no restrictions whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's smart. That is smart by NFL Plus, and that's the reason why more people are getting their eyes. Fixed on the NFL. That's why the NFL matters, even into the off season. Even the off season is exciting. Oh yeah, it's not like that anymore for Major League Baseball. Second format. My second format is that I would reform. And I don't know if I have a right to do that. I don't know if I have the authority to do this, but if I do, I want to put my input into him. I want to reform the voting system for the uh, for the Baseball Writers Association of America. And how they bring in folks in the, in the Hall of Fame, in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Because we talked about this last week, Dustin. We left the yes. show with this. Don Mattingly it is it a damn shame he is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. His first year of eligibility was 2001. His final year of eligibility is in 2015. Now he could be inducted as a manager, but he hasn't had a really stellar career as a manager. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Lady Esquire, you might you might agree with me there. Uh, she, being a, he's being a Dodgers manager for uh, for a minute. Mm-hmm. There needs to be reforms. Now, say for say for instance, if you're a baseball writer, you have el- you have the right you have you have the, the you earned the privilege to vote in er, vote in players for the Hall of Fame. You get ten years 
and then you're a mon- you're on a moratorium for two years, because so many of these baseball writers hold a gr- hold grudges yep. against some of these players. And I'll, and I'll say it. I'll 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 strike some controversy here. Barry Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He does. Mark McGuire deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Roger Clemens deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Sammy Sosa deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Rafael Palmero, Yvonne Rodriguez, Andy Pettit. All these I guys. Believe, yeah. I believe the correct pronunciation uh, of Palmero is actually Palmieri, and he was getting his 200th hit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to bring that up. That that yeah. house committee or whatever it was. That yeah, was the it was dumbest thing. Committee on steroids, which is a waste. Was a waste of time and a waste yeah. of resources of our waste and a waste of money. Yeah. So anyway, as I was before before I got off topic. Yeah, they uh and Pete Rose and Pete Rose with his gambling okay. and mm-hmm. he. They should be. They should be in the Hall of Fame. They say you say, oh, they cheated. They cheated. They took steroids. Blah blah blah. Steroids didn't hit those home runs. No. The steroids they allowed them. They allowed them to recover faster, but they still had to hit. They still had to hit the the home runs. They still had to swing the bat. And another thing too. Now it's been a while. Now it's been a while. But yeah. if you look at if you look at Barry Bonds' career. On the Pirates and on his early tenure on the Giants, before because we all saw the bodily changes with Bonds. You can you can yeah. kind of pinpoint the time that he started taking. Okay, you go back and you look at those numbers. Those numbers alone, on those numbers alone, he is he is almost Hall of Fame worthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know who allowed all this to happen? Bud Selig. A commissioner, the commissioner of Major League Baseball at the time, because he was so focused on trying to get people's attention after the 1994 strike and how it caused so much, so many people, caused so much pain to the fans, and it caused so many fans to abandon baseball altogether. I have a friend in high school who said, who said, after the strike happened, after the strike ended the 94 season, he's never, he's never watched a baseball game since. He could wow. care less about baseball. Wow. So, so yeah. Is he an Expos fan? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I don't remember what which fan he was. I, I remember he was a Packers fan for his foot. The Packers were his football team. I couldn't remember oh, okay. what his football team was, but he vowed back then, thirty years later, <laughs> that he would never watch a baseball. He would never watch a baseball game ever again. And he's wow. He still he still hasn't. So. Baseball Writers Association, again, I don't know if I have the right to do this, but I would insist, I would insist on making some rules, making some changes to the voting, to how the voting is structured, because 15 seasons of eligibility, I'm sorry, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, I wouldn't say it's not too many, but it's, it's too few, but I would say keep them on the ballot for life. Eventually those players will get the players like Don Mattingly and Lou Whitaker. Alan Trammell yeah. is in the Hall of Fame as a shortstop. Lou Whitaker is not his battery partner. They were part, they were battery partners for twenty for almost twenty years on the same team with the Detroit Tigers. Only Alan Trammell is in the Hall of Fame. Lou Whitaker is not in the Hall of Fame, which is a shame. Which is another shame. Yeah, it his is. batting his batting statistics are not impressive. Sure, 
but his defensive, but he was a monster defense at, at, at behind on the defense. A 97.1 wins above replacement. Don Mattingly, nine time gold glover. Yeah. The Hall and, of Fame. Shame. And the thing is, people are people are probably gonna say, and I and I'm not trying to hijack your platform. So far, I nope. agree with what you're saying. But people are gonna say, oh, well, defensive specialists, they shouldn't be in. Well, what do you call what do you call Mariano Rivera? He's a he's a pitcher. He was a closer. He had one mm-hmm. pitch, but you yep. know what he did with that one pitch? He dominated everybody. And he's he's he he's in, you know, like he's yeah. he's he's there. I, I was there when he got inducted. I was he's, there. He is, I love Mariano, but he is the definition of a specialist, but he was really yep. good at his position. Yep. Lee Smith, same thing. Lee Smith, who also who was inducted the same day. Lee Smith, he's also a Hall of Famer. Trevor Hoffman, I believe, yes. is a Hall of Famer too. Yeah, came out to Hell's Bells back in the day. You know, I mm-hmm. so this argument of oh, you gotta weigh the offensive and defensive stats. Well, catchers get in when their stats are not yeah. on par with some of the other um, you know, offensive people at different positions. But people always say, well, it's harder as a catcher to generate those numbers. Okay, where'd you come up with that? If you're going to use logic like that, you got to weigh defense as well. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me see if Mike Piazza is in the Hall of Fame. Okay, he's in the Hall of Fame. Never yeah, mind. I was going to say he was, he's in I there. thought he was – it would be a shame if he was out. But terrible yeah. soccer owner, all-time <laughs> great offensive catcher. My th- I'll, I'll move quickly with what I'm going I'm I'm to – I'll, I'll wrap these last two points up. So number three, if a team wants a new stadium, Major League Baseball should pay for half the stadium. And I'll tell you why. Because – I am so tired. We saw what happened with the with the Oakland days. We saw what happened in the Oakland days, and their owner, who was worth over a billion dollars, tried to strong arm the city of Oakland, who could not they could not find a place to put a stadium in that in that uh, in that city. They said, "Okay, I'm just going to move over to La- I'm going to move to Las Vegas, and if fans want to want to follow, go, well, you're more than welcome." And I've seen some of the drawings for the new stadium that's going to happen. That's going to go up in Las Vegas. It's an ugly stadium, <laughs> and and on top of that, it's only going to hold like thirty five thousand people. Oh, that's like, not enough. How on earth? How how and why? I understand McAfee McAfee Stadium, a Coliseum, is a dump. We all know it. The players know it. The possum who lives there know who lives there knows it. Is the, the possum in the press box? Same. I mean, it's probably the same possum who moved from uh, Chavez Ravine up to up to the Coliseum. <laughs> I mean, it's worse than it's worse than Tropicana Field, and that's saying something. Oh yeah, Tropicana. Oof. But but these owners who are worth billion. I mean, these guys are all billionaires. They know how to do business. They know what they're doing. They should not be holding the city cities hostage, and. I, I at one point in my in my life I said, yeah, these cities should definitely pay for these stadiums. No, no, they should not pay the they should not put up the entire cost of the mm. stadium. Major League Baseball makes enough money. NFL, NBA, NHL, they all make enough money that they can help out. They can pitch in and help out with the cost of building a new stadium. Take the burden off these cities. They got other resources to go to uh, in terms of other things to worry about. Not to worry about a sports stadium. Being built, I mean, they could have worked with the city of Oakland. I understand the city of Oakland government 
that's another that's another podcast i'm not very mm -hmm. reliable yeah uh but major league, major league baseball the teams that are in those state they're in those areas they should not be holding these cities hostage and on top of that if they want to build a stadium if they want to build a new stadium not only will major league baseball pay for half put up half the money for it your team is also required to sign a five-year no-movement clause while you're negotiating with those cities. I like it. I like it because it 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 stops. One, I'm not saying this just because I still think the Sonics got screwed, but it also stops. It also stops thing from things from like Al Davis. Remember when Al Davis threatened to threatened to move the Raiders to Irwindale? He threatened, mm -hmm. he threatened to move the Raiders all the time. This would stop things like that from happening because, you know, you've got this agreement in place. And also if the owner or, or the league is footing half of the half of the bill, they're going to think twice before they're, they're in negotiations to move already. Yeah. So MLB got to do our part in helping, helping this team stay where they are, stay where they are. My fourth, my fourth platform I'll be very quick with this. Uh, work with major league, work with the MLBPA to institute a soft salary cap because you see these roster, you see these rosters and how much their payroll is. I mean, the the Shohei Otani is gonna well, he's not gonna make fifty million dollars, but yeah. he's his contract is worth fifty million dollars. Uh, Forty eight of it is deferred this year, so he gets paid only two. Only two was on the books, but you see these giant contracts and you see these ultra low payrolls the a's the rays the i don't say the rays anymore uh, i said the a's I, the rays i think are somewhere in the middle for payroll because they paid uh randy i think it was randy rosarena all that money i can't remember which player they, they yeah that sounds about right too or that no wander franco wander oh, franco. It was that, wander gave, well oof, they, they gave him might... the well yeah they gave him a hundred plus million dollar contract that might but, not work out so well but think about it, like the Ray, the A's, the Reds, the Pirates. In a way, the Royals, even though they just got they just gave yeah, Bobby Witt Jr. that huge contract. A lot of these payrolls are way below what they should be. So we got to institute a salary, a soft salary cap, where you have a your your seal like the NHL. You you are required to spend this much money on salaries per year. And not only that, I, you. You would have to have you would have to institute you could institute a like the like NBA they had the Larry Bird exception where you pay where the team can pay I think three players a maximum amount for contract and the rest of the players don't have are are don't make as much money but they're part of the but they're instituting the salary cap but three contracts don't have to count against the salary cap which. Players can earn as much as they want, and you have, and you can also institute a supermax contract, where the team that you're playing on can offer the maximum amount of money for a five year contract, and they get to keep players where they are. You know, I I understand people always saying, "Oh, the Yankees, all they do is buy their players. The Dodgers buy their players. This and that, another thing." Okay, we can stop that behavior. If we have a soft salary cap where you can pay certain players a maximum a maximum amount of money, 
as much money as you can. It won't count against the salary cap, but you have to have a salary cap floor. You have to have a floor where you have to meet a certain amount on the payroll. So those are my four platforms for becoming commissioner of the major league baseball. Again, we got some comments. We got lots of comments from Dr. Lady. She's got a lot of comments. Lots, well, I was, a lot to say. And I was going to say, fan. I was going to say, I was going to say, I think you have some competition and Ryan, I like, I like your platform, but I know Dr. Lady, she was talking in the discord about some of the changes she would make. And I would like to put it out there right now. I am the swing vote. I'm undecided, Dr. <laughs> Lady. So if you want in Dr. Lady, you put your bullet points in the discord and 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 we'll have we'll have uh, you and Ryan can have like a debate and you know I like having this power I'll 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 throw my support I, to I, whichever candidate speaks to me. I, I may have to bring it. I may have to do a ten to good minutes with her and her alone. Yeah, so, I would say that would be uh -oh, a good segment. Uh oh, she says, Dustin, I have cookies. Well, that's yeah, but I got chili. <laughs> I got chili, sweetie. All right, there. Your move. All right. Let's check the comments. Before we go to commercial break, let's check the comments. Uh, Stainless Smooth on Twitter. He says, chopped cheese got to be on that list. I think he, I think we're talking, when we were talking about the uh, regional foods. Oh, yeah. Uh, no required. He says, chopped cheese got to be on that list. I, if you're still watching Stainless, let us know what chopped cheese is. I don't know what that is. We, we have to do, do some real time research. Yeah. I mean, we got to do uh, Italian beef too, or Chicago beef, Chicago style Italian beef. There's there's a lots of things we can do. Oh, it's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. The chopped cheese, also known as the chopped cheese, is a type of sandwich originating from New York City. Okay. All right. So yeah. we got apparently get a sandwich named chopped cheese. All right, Doctor Lee saying we remember Hank Aaron from airing from the footage. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She said the commentary is worth the streaking. <laughs> yeah, she also says I humbly accept the position of Major League Baseball Commissioner. <laughs> Why is all have faith checking in? He says hello, gentlemen, and of course we have to play. Cue yeah. that man's music. <laughs> Cue that man's music. Hit my music. The following is a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe, Boston. This has been a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. Thank you, Wise, for checking in. Oh, let's see. All right, so Dr. Lady says her first act as commissioner, unbanned Pete Rose. Yeah. Yep. I don't like him as a person personally, but on his baseball merits, he's in there. Yep, absolutely. Uh, she says, I have experience as a lawyer and a fan and a former employee of a baseball team. Uh-oh, Ryan. She's making a compelling case. The swing vote. Here. <laughs> I have a microphone, Dr. Lady, and you will listen to every word I have to say. <laughs> Welcome to saying, checking in. He says, I love you guys, but if I want to run across a field or court naked, that is my right. <laughs> I thought this was America. Great to see you, Wonko. This is America. <laughs> oh man, she's got a lot of comments in here. We may have to go through um may have to go through <laughs> these in a different chat. Actually, actually also Wonka the Saint says Pete Rose is an all-time great. He still eats chili on spaghetti. I believe he's referring to Skyline Chili in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That looks that looks different. I mean, I'll try it. <laughs> I'll get through some of these comments from Dr. Lady's question. Right. She says the people just want baseball. Yeah. 
Uh, she mm -hmm. says ending blackouts and make going to the game more exciting. Absolutely, that's for sure. That's I would also sure. say have more day games. You got to get you got to yeah. younger kids the opportunity to get out to the ballpark park or watch it on TV. A lot of these younger kids are in bed by the time the games end. Yeah, advertisers pay most of the bills for the team, make it more affordable to spend the day at the stadium. Yep, absolutely, absolutely, I agree. Uh, Bud Selig. Turn a blind eye and it may have hurt the sport in the long run. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Between the strike, between the summer or the summer of 98, which was exciting, but unfortunately. It was a magical dark, summer. Yeah. But until it had a very dark ending. Yes. Um, which, yeah, kind of stink. You know, it really stinks. I mean, but, you know, and also the but with, with strong arming these cities for, uh, for a new stadium. For example, Milwaukee. He was owner of that team at the time while still yeah. a commissioner, which to me. That's a conflict, conflict of, interest. of interest. Yeah, there we go. Conflict of I interest. owe you a Coke. <laughs> hey, Jinx. <laughs> Jersey G checking in. Dang damn it, I lost track of time. Cosmo for president. <laughs> <laughs> and Cosmo, of course, if you, know, if you don't know, is the mascot of one Brigham Young University. She also says Ryan knows what real pizza tastes like. Absolutely, because. New Jersey pizza is superior pizza. Oh man, a lot That's of a New York pick. people are coming for you. That's from the top rope, my and friend. Then, hey, and you, then some Chicago people are going to come for you too. And there might be for me. Oh, I was right, telling, because of the pizza. And then I was telling you, New Haven style pizza. I got to try it. I've never had it. Apparently, there's a very regional style of pizza that originates in New Haven, Connecticut, hence the name. Mm -hmm. And there's Detroit style pizza, which I've never had, but I'll say it looks very good. There is a there is a brewery we taught we tried at the beer summit. Was it the Whitman Brewing Company in Saratoga? Oh yeah, they yeah. Detroit, they had Detroit style pizza. So we okay, we'll try. Beer. We'll try do that. A out. No, let's do a no kitchen required episode up at Walt up at Whitman. Sick Diggy, checking in from Norway. Greetings from Norway. He also asks, have the A's finally relocated the Possums from the stadium? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I'm i not my brother's keeper or the keeper of what the A's do with their time in the, in the press boxes, but, you know. He also says the Possums need a new home, preferably a white wildlife sanctuary. Yes, that's the, that's the hobby horse that Sick Diggy has chosen, the, the, the Possums going to, <laughs> to a wildlife sanctuary. <laughs> And Dr. Lady agrees with us. It's a huge conflict of interest. And Jersey G with the last comment before we go to commercial. New York pizza is just a sloppy copy of New Jersey pizza. Oh, oh man. Jersey G from the top rope. Yeah, she's coming off. A lot of people are doing the macho man elbow drops tonight. Yeah. And Speaking uh, of, are we going to be getting into another one from one Evander Kane? Oh, yeah. All right. Sorry. Well, that's, my that, that's, that's, that's a teaser. Yeah, and we'll go to that, and we'll go to that topic in just a moment. This word from one of our commercial sponsors with Belly Up Sports. You are tuned. You are tuned in to No Credentials Required. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. 
We have the tickets. And no, you not you did not see me shove two pe- a piece of bread in my mouth uh, during commercial break. Um, but SeatGeek, <laughs> SeatGeek, listen, football may be over, but the UFL is coming. Major League Baseball is coming. NBA, NHL, they're in season. And not only are sports in season, but comedy shows are in season, always in season. Mm-hmm. Theater, musicals, those are always in season. You can get yourself a great deal on those tickets by visiting SeatGeek.com. And for new customers, if you enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, you get $20 off your order of $50 or more. So check it out. SeatGeek has a great way of telling you what the best prices are for the best seats. Look at the seating map on your desired event. The green dots will show you the best prices, where you can find the best prices for your desired game. So again, SeatGeek.com. Promo code BellyUpSports at checkout. New customers, you save $20 off your first order, your order of $50 or more. All right, Dustin, let's talk about this comment by Evander Kane. An interview is being interviewed, and I sent you this uh, meme yesterday. Also sent it to a couple other fine folks, and this is what he had to say. Quote, I think Connor, he's referring to Connor McDavid, Mm -hmm. is better at his sport than LeBron, as in LeBron James, ever was at his Close quote. Is he, spicy. Dustin, it's spicy take. So I want to get your point of view here, Dustin. What is your what do you agree? Do you disagree? What's your what's your take on uh, what Evander Kane had to say from the top rope? Okay, I feel like people are painting me into a corner here on this channel because it, I no, it's just me. The last <laughs> The last couple of weeks, I have um, I have brought LeBron James up on the show, and I know he gets a lot of shade, or um, or, or some people referred to they can they can yeah see <laughs> uh, now I love Conor McGregor or Conor McDavid Jesus <laughs> all right we started we started off on a great note we're live I love Conor McDavid. He is a transcendent talent, in my opinion, okay? He's fantastic. And on some level, I get it here. Evander is extolling the virtues of his teammate, which Evander Kane, a little bit of controversy, has some qualities that are not so desirable, but you got to love him coming to bat for his teammate here. With that being said... It's a little off base, I think, because LeBron James is currently 39 years old. I believe 39 years old. Okay, Evander Kane, are you talking, are you referring to the version of LeBron James that is using load management and resting and he's on a Laker team that is kind of scuffling right now in the last couple of years, the Lakers haven't done anything? Because if you're referring to that version and only that version, then I agree with you. Connor McDavid all day, every day. 
And I say this as an Oilers fan. This is why I find myself in a surprising position because Connor McDavid is is playing the game on a level that is fantastic, okay? People, I just talked about it uh, a few weeks ago. People, I watched the All-Stars skills competition for the NHL. Pete, one of the announcers called it the Connor, Mc, Connor McDavid Invitational. Mm-hmm. But, but to say that LeBron James, I think we need to go back, and I think that I remember this well because I was in college when LeBron James broke into the NBA and had his had his first full season in the NBA. And I was also in college when we were cutting to LeBron James high school games. Okay. They were ESPN was cutting to his high school games and they were being watched. Now at the time I thought that was overkill still do. That's a lot of pressure to put on they, somebody. They, that, and to interrupt your, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt your point, but yeah. they tend to do that with a lot of athletes. Yeah. Not LeBron. Yeah. He was, he was, I would say it shifted, it shifted more once, once they did it with LeBron, but LeBron was like the one, because I don't remember any footage of Kobe's high school games, Kevin Garnett's high school games. I don't remember that. But to me, in my mind, yes, they do it with more athletes now. I mean, we're going to be seeing footage of Arch Manning. We, we, I'm surprised we haven't already seen footage of Arch Manning's high school games. You know, I, I thought that that would happen. I remember they were showing footage of Jimmy Clausen. I remember seeing him, uh, some of his high school stuff. But I feel like LeBron was kind of like, it opened the gates. It opened the gates a little bit. And I bring up Kobe and I bring up Kevin Garnett because both of those players – Huge talents, okay? Huge talents. But they had their growing pains shifting to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Ron James was the first player in recent memory to me, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, to make the jump from high school directly to the NBA almost as seamlessly as possible. Now, LeBron James got a lot of flack early in his career for not wanting to take the big shot for looking to be more like Magic Johnson and less of a Kobe Bryant, less of a Michael Jordan, less of that killer instinct. But as far as athletic ability, you cannot argue with the younger version of LeBron James. He single-handedly dragged the corpse of a Cavs, Cavs team to the finals against the San Antonio Spurs. They got swept, but he got them there, okay? The talent that he had around him, there there was no talent around him on, on those early Cavs teams. I mean, go back and look at the roster. You're gonna tell me Larry Hughes was a was a crusher? I I I, I never thought I'd be in this position because it sounds like I'm besmirching Connor McDavid, and I am not doing that. But in my opinion, it is much too early. Connor's still into his career. Connor, Connor. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Connor was drafted when he's 18 years old. He's got he's got career left. Okay, LeBron is at the twilight of his career. And let's add load management. Be damned! I couldn't go out there at 39 years old and do what he is still doing. I think Evander Kane is a little out of pocket with this one. I think he's discounting a majority of LeBron's career. Um, 
And I, and he's trying to pump his teammate up, but I think he's a little out of pocket with this with this take. And people are it's making me sound like I'm a huge LeBron James fan. I have I have some issues with LeBron, but I also think the fact that some people argue like he is not one of the greatest players that we've that we've seen is 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 ridiculous. I mean, you you can't argue he made the jump better than anybody else. I would argue Kevin Garnett might have also done it. Well, he, he opened the door. He was the first one to really do it and 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 make people realize it was possible. But his his if I remember his first couple of his first couple of uh, his first year in the NBA, he he struggled a little bit. Now I would have to go back and look, and I could have some bias, but I remember because I was a, I was a I'll, I'll admit it I was straight up I was a LeBron hater. When he, when I was like, why are we getting, why are we getting these high school games shoved down our throat? He's just, he's just destroying kids. Like some of the kids that LeBron played in his high school run, I get, I get where he went, but some, I was like, that kid looks 13 and LeBron mm-hmm. looks full grown man and he's dominating the kid. <laughs> so well, I was that, like, what? That, that kid, that kid may have been 13. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm like, what's the big deal? But then once he hit the NBA, I was like. I gotta shut up. I gotta shut up. He he is ready. He has made the jump. Now the whole thing, the whole argument about oh, we should put LeBron James at tight end and see what he could do in the NFL. That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful to NFL players. LeBron may be a hell of an athlete, but to say that he could seamlessly jump to the NFL and play tight end, ridiculous. I've never agreed with that argument. So many people say it. Yes, LeBron had a big body. Yes, he looked he he has a athletic ability. And yes, at 18 years old, he looked like a full-grown man. But I think that take is ridiculous. But I still think he made the jump better than anybody. And people can correct me if I'm wrong. If Kevin Garnett really dominated his first year in the NBA, I will take it back. But I still think Evander Kane. I got. I got to I got to put him in the penalty box for this one. And I'm sorry, I went on a bit of a rant there. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, hey, you. I put it on. I put it on you to try to defend defend uh, somebody here. But I, yeah, I was surprised. I no, I was honestly surprised that you went the route of defending. Uh, they can because I think it's too I think it's too early McDavid Connor's doing amazing things but I think I think to say that oh he's better than LeBron ever was we don't know yet because LeBron's playing until he's 39 we'll have to see what we'll have to see what Connor does when he's when he's 39 and you know there are so many other things the NBA is a team game but I think it's easier for one player to take over a game in aspects I mean look at Kobe's performance you know, in in everybody, I think it was 2006. Everybody said he shot the ball too much, and then he went out and he dropped like, what was it, 80, 80, 80 82 on the Raptors, something like that. I, I can't remember, but to me, basketball is slightly, slightly easier for one player to take over a game. The hot, the hockey is largely dependent on um, factors outside of Connor's control, goaltending, defense. The other players on your line, the shifts. There's a lot more factors, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and what's going to be interesting is that uh, I'm just trying to look up uh, his first championship. Uh, LeBron James, when he when in, in 2012, uh, won his first 
NBA championship. That was with the uh, Miami Heat. Yep. Guess how old he was. All right, let's see. I'm going to guess that LeBron was 25. He was 27. Okay. And guess how old Connor McDavid currently is. Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid 27 already? Exactly I see that. that would have thrown me. That that I I still view Connor as young because compared to me he is, but I guess I forget how long. See, this makes me even more worried that my my Oilers are already squandering his 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 prime years. <laughs> well, that's the thing too is I mean I mean yeah. so many people were I I you know I I thought about this a couple of years ago. I said there's going to be a breaking point at some point because LeBron James reached his breaking point when he was with those all those years with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, for the first what eight seasons of his career. He was in Cleveland. He got to the he got to the NBA Finals a couple times. Decided I can't win with this team. I, I'm going to go to my I'm going to join a couple of my buddies, uh, being Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. We're going to Miami. We're going to be the Kings in the NBA. He got his title first title in his I believe it was the second season mm-hmm. in Miami when he was 27 years old. I'm surprised Connor McDavid hasn't reached that point at least publicly. Yeah. He hasn't set. He hasn't reached that point. Yeah, because but the furthest, he's twenty. Go ahead, go ahead. The go ahead. furthest, the furthest my beloved Oilers have gotten with him on the roster is that West Western Conference Final, and and yep. as far as I know, they that, by that Col- they got swept by Colorado. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, and they, and they got beat in the semifinal last year to the eventual champion uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas Golden Knights. Um, now. I mean, Evander Kane, he's entitled to his opinion. Of course, every athlete is. I, I don't know if he was a Michael Jordan fan growing up. Uh, I mean, I was a Michael Jordan fan growing up. And yeah. to me, to me, the comparison is, I mean, I'm always going to say Michael Jordan was the greatest of all time. Always mm-hmm. going to say it. I'm always going to say it. I would say LeBron has similar parallels to what Michael Jordan has done. He, he and... Some people would say, "Oh, he's going to have, he's going to surpass Jordan. He's going to get all these titles. He's going to win all these titles. He's going to do all these things." No, his time's running out. He's been to ten NBA Finals. He's only won four of them. Jordan mm-hmm. was six for six in NBA Finals. Robert Ory, who deserves to be in the basketball Hall of Fame, big big shot Bob. Yeah, big shot Bob was seven and zero in NBA Finals. Won two titles with Houston. Won three with the Los Angeles Lakers. Then won two more with the San Antonio Spurs, which of course breaks the hearts of Rockets fans everywhere. But hey, we are called if you're called to go somewhere and you're gonna contribute to their team, you gotta do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm neutral on this subject because yeah, Conrad David right now is the greatest hockey player on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, positively, hands down, the greatest on the planet. No argument there. But like you said, Dustin, you, you're comparing the front nine of Connor McDavid's career to what seems to be the back nine of LeBron James's career. And it's, I think it's a little unfair of comparison, maybe right now, but talk to the average person. They'll tell you who LeBron James is. Mm-hmm. If you, if you mention the name Connor McDavid, they'll be like, Oh, who's that guy? Yeah. Because not enough players. I mean, not enough people watch hockey, even though, 
Yeah. And we talk about it. ESPN, they certain athletes they elevate over others. And they seem to they, they're doing that with Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, when you when you see the advertisements for ESPN Plus, guess who's on there because they have a, they have a contract for hockey with the NHL. Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid, yeah. At least in the hockey circles, he's the most well-known hockey player. He's the well, most well-known player. So, I, I think, like you said, Dustin, the comparison's a little bit unfair. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I just saw that one part of the quote. I didn't catch the entirety of the context of the quote. Yeah, I have to look it up right now. Uh, and Evander Kane. Yeah, and James. It, and it's just, and this is, and this is terrible for me because it's going to come off like I'm an Oilers fan, you know, besmirching Connor McDavid, and that is not the case. But I just think. Because let's not forget either how many consecutive. Now, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but LeBron went to consecutive NBA finals. Like you said, he didn't win them all, obviously. Mm-hmm. He didn't He didn't come close, but you can hate his run on the heat all you want. But then he got a lot of goodwill back because he went back. He went back and he got a title with the Cavs. He beat that. He beat, they beat that Warriors team that was a buzzsaw. You know, they, they beat and it was pretty much – I can't remember a lot of the players from that Cavs team, but it was pretty much LeBron and Kyrie. Kyrie Irving had the game-winning shot. Yep. It was LeBron LeBron and Kyrie Kyrie. there. Kyrie. There's also – who is that kid from Australia? I can't remember his name. Oh. Della – not Della – Della – Della – no, I can't remember his name. No, yeah. His name all of a sudden. Yeah, Della Doba. Deladova. Yeah. 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 He was part of the Australia team that almost that almost beat the US for the uh basketball gold in 2016, I believe. So yeah. And bold prediction. Bye. By the way, bold prediction from Reicher Damas. The United States men's basketball team will not medal at this winter at this summer's Olympics. Oh man, we'll have to see. Hold on, hold on. Let me bring up my music. Let me bring up the music. <laughs> There's your bold prediction for the Olympics. All right. One last thing. We'll go quick with this topic, but we were kind of discussing it over a a text message. Chicago Bears and their quarterback decision. They they own the number one pick in this this April's draft. They also have a former number one pick currently on their roster. He's been much maligned. Mm -hmm. His name is Justin Fields. Uh, I would say that most Chicago Bears fans are – are are kind of I would I'm not gonna say they're on the fence, but most of them want them out. They want to see another quarterback come in and be under uh be under Matt Eberflus's tutelage. And it wasn't well, yeah, I mean that's that's saying much. <laughs> that's saying a lot. Uh <laughs> but I guess Ryan Pace, the GM, had something to say. Uh I know you sent me the Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Instagram story from Adam Schefter, the video, what he had to say about the situation. He's he's pretty much said, yeah, I'm going to come to the decision. It's going to be pretty soon. Just watch out. Mm-hmm. Now, Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, projected to go number one in the draft. I don't know if he will be. I see a lot of flaws in his game. I'm not – I see a lot of flaws in his game, including his maturity level. Um, there was that one memorable scene where – 
after the after the USC lost to the University of Washington, him running to the state, jumping up into the stands and crying in his mom's arms. To me, that's kind of that, that says a little something about your character, but that's neither here nor there. We're not here to uh, break down the draft because we don't really do that here in this program. <laughs> we have some thoughts about the Chicago Bears quarterback situation, Dustin. I'm going to have you lead off. What what would you do if you were in the shoes of one Ryan Pace, general manager of the the, the, the team known as the Chicago Bears? The Bears. The Bears. Uh, Bears. Well, what I would do is I would I I think I'm inclined to hang on to Justin Fields and try to get a boatload of picks because there's going to be a team that wants Caleb Williams bad. You're going to try to get a baker's dozen of picks, if you know what I mean. Now, I just think, and this is no 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 disrespect to to uh, Caleb Williams at all, but. A lot of people have said, oh, he's one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen since Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was the one that everybody was saying, oh, this this guy is going to be great. Andrew Luck, in recent memory, is the one that everyone was universally saying, we need to suck for luck. We need, you know, like like he's going to be great. He was the last one that I remember that lived up to to the hype, really. And Andrew Luck... I think you could still be playing in today's NFL if he didn't if he didn't kind of, you know, he decided to walk away on his own terms because he said he wanted to be healthier when he was when he was older. Andrew Luck, very smart man, but I think he could still there are teams, I guarantee you there are still teams that check in with him on the offseason and be like, Andrew, you you want to come back? But anyway. Or, or- least be accused of reaching out to him like uh like Ursay did to the Washington Commanders last year. He went on full blast saying, "You don't I will I will put slap you slap you on I will slap a tampering suit on you guys. Oh, you yeah. will lose if you talk to my quarterback." Now, whether or not that was true, we we talked about it months ago uh, on this on our program. Whether or not that's true, I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just interesting that you, you brought that up about people about teams inquiring, inquiring about what Mr. Andrew Luck. Yeah, they want to test their luck to see if they can lure Andrew out of retirement. See what I did Ayo. there. Now, I just think though the streets are littered with oh, this is going to be the next great quarterback. All I have to do is bring up Ryan Leaf. Everybody remembers. Okay, no disrespect to Mr. Leaf. He's turned his life around. He now he now speaks about some of the mistakes he's made. I think he I last I knew he was coaching football, I think at his old high school, maybe. Um, yeah. but he's 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 kind of turned it around, become a, a motivational speaker. So hats off to him. But the NFL, he was a can't miss prospect. Teams were wondering whether to draft him over Peyton Manning. I think people forget about that. Um, and it didn't work out. Achilles Smith, he the Bengals pinned their hopes to him. And I could I could go through the list. I mean, one Jimmy Clausen that was mentioned, you know, a lot, a lot of people were we like I said, they were showing Jimmy Clausen's high school games and they were saying he was gonna be the next big guy. It's not a guarantee. Justin Fields, you at least know he has some talent, in my opinion. You know what he can do. I'd like to see what he can do with another year in the same scheme 
to me, he's too young to give up on now. And to to throw all your throw it all in for Caleb Williams, I don't know. I, if I was the GM, I'd rather take the picks, hoard them up, give Justin Fields a little bit more time. If it doesn't work out, then maybe you use one of those picks to draft another quarterback and develop it. But to me, to throw the lot in on Caleb Williams, especially when it appears, Ryan, that there's other teams that would be very interested in Caleb. But to me, I'd rather take what I know over the unknown. And that could be partially my personality. But I want to get your thoughts. I've rambled between me and my surprising LeBron defense. I've rambled on quite a bit now. Yeah, um, I think if I were... If I were Ryan Pace, general manager of the of one Chicago Bears, I would I would talk to the Washington Commanders, and I'll tell you why. Because a couple weeks ago, actually about actually roughly a month ago, it's been that long. One Cliff Kingsbury, former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, former offensive assistant to one, I believe it was the quarterbacks coach and advisor to one Lincoln Riley for the University of Southern California, where he coached one Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. He was hired by the Washington Commanders to be their offensive coordinator for their new head coach, Dan Quinn. (laughs) I still chuckle when I I, I see Dan Quinn as the head coach. Poor D. Willie. Poor D. Willie. Uh, Drew Willie, if you're watching, we love you, buddy. And we and we we've, and we're sorry. <laughs> if I were if I were Ryan Pace, I'd talk to them, because I think the reason the primary reason why the Commanders hired Kingsbury is because he's the one who knows Caleb Williams the best. He knows how to get the most out of him. He knows what kind of what kind of things he needs to work on, whether it be footwork or other technical aspects technical aspects of the game as a quarterback position. And I would see if Washington would not only swap picks because they're second overall in the draft this year. Don't forget about that. Mm-hmm. I would talk to them and say, hey, let's make a deal. Let's swap picks. Let's swap, let's swap draft, let's swap draft positions. Let's see if we can get another number one for next year. Yeah. We'll offer you our pick at one. Well, if if you offer if you give your pick at two. And another first rounder in 2025, and maybe a maybe a player who can help out immediately, like a like a running back, like a like a like a Gibson or a, uh, who's their other running back? I'm trying to remember. He was University of uh, oh uh, he got he got the the running back. He was shot in the leg correctly, and he re- right, yes. and he recovered. Uh, I'm trying to and yes. he's he's been running pretty well. Oh, I had why can't I remember his name? Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, Robinson. Okay. I knew the first yeah, so, name was Brian. Yeah. So I would say, hey, let's swap picks in the first round. Give us a give us your first rounder for next year. And maybe a, a veteran running back like an Antonio Gibson who can help out who we're gonna bring in this year. And we'll exchange it for our number our pick this year, a second rounder in 2025. And another player, another roster player, and see if they just get the conversation going, because of it. Because you know, I mean, Washington's—they brought in Cliff Kingsbury for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the Sam Howell, I, I love Sam Howell's heart. I don't really trust him because 
He makes chicken his primary mode of, of protein intake. Um, so I can't really <laughs> trust the quarterback who doesn't eat steak. But I would just put in, I just put a line out there saying, hey, if you want Caleb Williams, come and get him. Let's talk. Let's make a deal. However, if I were Washington's GM, I would be reticent to talk to Pete, to talk to Pace because we saw what happened last year <laughs> with one Carolina Panthers getting the, getting the their pick, the number one pick that the Chicago Bears held in that draft because they were so hard because David because David Tapper was or David Tepper was so hard uh, in terms of getting himself Bryce Young instead of taking C.J. Stroud first overall in the draft. Because remember, Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud. Yeah. And David Tepper said, nope, we're going with we're, we're going with uh, Bryce Young. How'd that work out for you? Um, I would be re- – uh, and they fl- basically the Bears fleeced them. They got, they, 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 mm-hmm. got, they got D.J. Moore out of the deal. They yeah. got the Panthers' number one draft choice this year, which turned out to be – the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. So I would be very hesitant if I was the Washington Commanders GM. Now, I think for as much criticism as Justin Fields has received, he hasn't gotten a lot of help as mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears quarterback. Their offensive line is garbage. Their wide receiver core is garbage. With the exception oh, wait, of I mean, DJ Moore. With the exception of DJ Moore, but the jury's still out on him. And you can say, in a sense, Darnell Mooney. Yeah. He had some pretty big plays last year. Almost should have caught that ball against Cleveland for the, that game ending Hail Mary, which turned into an interception, which ended the game because that's so Chicago Bears. Yeah. But the, the Bears, it, the Bears, like the Jets did with Sam Darnold, and also you could argue with Zach Wilson, they haven't given Justin Fields a chance to succeed. Which is why so many people want him out, which I think is a little unfair. Yeah. Because they set him up for failure right out the gate. And yes, the primary mode of his playmaking ability has been on the on the run with his legs. Mm-hmm. You haven't really seen a whole lot of his passing ability. So I would think before possibly trading him, yeah, you could probably get some sort of you could probably get some return for him uh in terms of in terms of the draft, in terms of collecting draft, mm-hmm. getting draft capital, uh, the the Bears did that really well last year. Yeah, and we'll see what happens in the future. But I, I would put it out there. I mean, yeah, I would look, I would shop around to see if everybody wants Justin Fields. If they don't if they don't want him, you have to live with him for another year. And this is his fourth. We're coming into his fourth season with a fifth year, a possible fifth year option. Let's see what happens in year four if you can't find a but if you can't find a, a buyer for Justin Fields. I know he's been linked to Atlanta. Some yep. people say he's been linked to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Which Pittsburgh, I've seen a lot of stuff. There, there's some rumblings about Russell Wilson going to Pittsburgh. You know, that would <laughs> be that'd be strange for me. Um be very strange. But I but I do have to, you know, the thing is, because I, I had to remind myself, I looked up. I looked up the Bears' record from last year. They were seven and ten. Okay, and that's yeah. that's with Eberflus. I gave him and I and I borrowed inspiration from you because you used to call Brendan Staley Brandon Staleyfield because he would make leads disappear. Well, if you remember, 
in probably about November on this program, I went on a similar rant after Matt Eberflus blew yet another lead to the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football. Terrible game. But it was a, a game that the Bears could have won. So to me, no, I they won that game. They oh, they won, won that, that one. That's lost. right. They could, they could have lost that game. Though. They could have lost it. I reversed it, but it made me think because there was a there was what spurred this on. I reversed it, and my apologies. But what okay. spurred this on is I remember Mike Tirico saying that that was Matt Eberflus's first divisional win. You know, like it's it's, it's ridiculous. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> so so after that, after and I did some research because I couldn't believe it. After that, we christened the nickname of Eberfludini to Matt Eberflus because I think there are a few games that were winnable for the Chicago Bears that he screwed up. So, you know, to me, you can't put it on Justin Fields. It's kind of like you said, it's not it's not fair. And I and I'm trying to remember this is really going back, but I believe. Justin Fields missed significant time due to injury during one of his first seasons. So really, he hasn't had as much time as people yeah. think, and there's been turmoil at the at the head coach position uh, on the Bears for a bit now. Yeah, he had, he also missed time this season because I believe it was a broken thumb. Yeah, I think so. Broke his thumb or broke? Oh, no, he broke his finger. That's right, he broke his finger on a throw on his throwing hand. So he missed some time there, but. I don't know, the Bears. I think it all comes down. To, I think it all comes back to the McCloskey family or the McCloskey family, and how they've had their tentacles around this franchise since ha since George Hallis passed away, mm -hmm. and they've won. They've won one Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era. They've been to two. They've won one, but it always seems like such, such a big gap in between Super Bowl appearances. And we all know the Bears are, are known for their defense, monsters of the midway. They they're known for their defense, and they, they played pretty decent defense this past year. But they're off; they can never seem to to mm -hmm. figure it out on offense. And fun fact for you, Dustin: Do you know the Chicago Bears have never had a four thousand yard passer? Oh wow! No, I did not know that. Yeah, the closest who came to four thousand oh, yards for that franchise was Jay Cutler. Oh, okay, Jay Cutler. Because I was going to say, if you come out with the name Rex Grossman right now, I'm going to be like out of my mind. Rexy, Rexy, or or uh, <laughs> Kyle Orton, you know. Uh, but oh. but but that's see, that's the thing to me. Justin Fields, while he may not, he's far from perfect. But to me, he is the known because because correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but if if your hypothetical scenario of the Bears swapping picks with Washington, that would leave that would leave Chicago open to possibly if Washington takes Caleb Williams number one overall. If I'm the Bears, I swing right in there. I grab Marvin Harrison Jr. at number two. Yep, absolutely. That's what absolutely. I would do. Yep, because I would give Justin Fields immediate help. Yep, immediate help, and that's because he needs a number one receiver. He doesn't really have one. You could. I mean, yeah, DJ Moore is a good receiver, but he's not he's not wide receiver one material. I think he's a wide receiver two. He's better as a wide receiver two. He's supporting in my mind, he's supporting cast. Uh, and Marvin Harrison Jr. would make Justin Fields a way better receiver, a way better quarterback than what you're what you're seeing right now. All right, we're gonna close out the show. Uh, before we do that, we're gonna get some comments 
in the comments section. Sick Diggy Chicken from Norway says, Ryan, I know you're a fighting Irishman, but never fight a Welshman, especially over rugby or football slash soccer. <laughs> eh, we'll see. Uh, he also <laughs> says, uh, during our, this, our discussion about LeBron James and Evander Kane from the top rope, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, and Tracy McGrady all had to pay their dues and endure the growing pains of being professionals. Yep. And I would argue the same thing for, I mean, hockey players have been doing it for a long time. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Uh, uh, Jersey G saying everyone trying to be like Mike. <laughs> yep. And Le- LeBron's one of them. LeBron yeah. is one of them. He mm-hmm. caught out. Th- people were going to say he's going to, he's going to win more titles than Michael Jordan. He, he's going to outscore Michael Jordan, which he did. Um, he's going to do all these original things outside Michael Jordan, but uh, a, he has a Nike shoe, Nike shoe contract. B, he made Space Jam too. So, uh, <laughs> and he wears number twenty three. So, if yeah. there's anything, yeah, LeBron's a copycat. He's not original. He's not an. He's not an original. Yeah. Uh, Jersey G also says I was today years old when I found out his name was Kane. I never saw the name. I thought I was King. I think she's referring to a Vander Kane. It's thick checking in with in the in the wrestling announcer voice. Evander Kane with the moon salt. <laughs> And he hits the net. Did you hear the slap? <laughs> For some reason, sick. I read that in Tony Schiavone's voice. <laughs> Dr. Lady Esquire says, I was only vaguely aware you were talking about hockey. Walk uh, of the same says, gotta go. Have a great night. Uh, Dr. Too, Lady Blanco. says, yeah. And Dr. Lady said, Mel Gibson, when I was trying to figure out, figure out Antonio Gibson's name, she said, Mel Gibson. Nice try. <laughs> Uh, Jersey G is buffering for me. Have a great night, guys. And then sick, the last come of the night. The only thing left for LeBron to do is shave his head. Yeah, there's a I giant agree. bald spot. <laughs> I agree. Watch the progression of the headband. It's pretty oh, the hilarious. Head, the it's pretty for hilarious. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Embrace the and, uh, baldness, LeBron. And one it more happens. comment. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. Uh, uh, he also says, Dustin, I was thinking in Jim Ross's voice. Bob God! Bob God! That's Evander Kane's music! <laughs> yeah, Jim Ross and the King voice of the 90s. But I did watch a fair share of, uh, well, voice of wrestling, rather. But I did watch a fair share of WCW in the 90s during the Monday Night Wars. So that's why, for some reason, I think it was the moonsault. Because WCW was more known for cruiserweights at the time. It's true. It's true. They did. All right, folks, we got to get out of here. Before we do that, we just want to remind you about our social media channels right down here below. Twitter, Instagram, the scarcely used TikTok. It's at NoCredsRQ. YouTube.com forward slash, sorry, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsRQ. YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsRQ. If you're watching live or you're watching on the replay, whether it be on the No Credentials Required channel or the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel or on Rumble, please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe on the podcast side subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform including apple podcast spotify spreaker good pods wherever you podcast also leave us a rating five stars would be the preferred number of stars to rate us and if you're on a platform where you can review us we might even read your review on the air that's going to do it for this edition of no credentials required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Um, still up in the air as to whether or not we're going to do a Saturday brunch edition, but we'll keep you posted. We'll look, out, look out for the socials. Again, that's why you want to follow us on the social channels. And also subscribe. And also join the Discord chat. 
We'd love to have you. Again, please no trolls. We'll, we are not, we will not hesitate to bring out the band hammer and ban you. So, for Dustin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thank you for checking in at No Credentials Required, and we'll talk to you next time. Remember, my commissioner vote is up in the air. Good night, everybody. <laughs> he can be bought. <laughs> <laughs>